Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. You know me as the host of the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, but by day, I'm also one of the partners at Y Street Capital, where we specialize in new construction and development projects across the United States and Canada. We're observing that investors these days are cautious. We agree that it makes sense to be cautious. You want to ask tough questions whenever you're performing due diligence. You really want to understand what it means to invest in a particular project from a market standpoint. And on today's show, we're talking about what strategies work in each economy. When the market's hot and the tide is rising, it's natural to focus on growth. Growth is going to give the best results. That's true in real estate investing, and it's true in the stock market. But when the market's contracting and the economy's hunkering down, the best results will come from focusing on value. Value outperforms growth over the span of economic cycles. So why is that? If you focus on value, you will always benefit from growth when it happens. You'll get the double kicker of both value and growth. But if you're focusing primarily on growth, then you're going to get stuck when the market's contracting. So what do we mean when we're talking about growth and value? In the world of real estate investing, you've witnessed growth over the last three years. Growth was happening in asset prices. Growth was happening in rents. Growth was happening in prices for services and materials. Everything was going up in price. Those were the heady days, and it was a great time to sell and a difficult time to buy. Rents rose faster than the rate of inflation, and it was clear the population at large would not be able to sustain and afford rent increases of that type for very long. Value investing translates into three basic buckets. Number one, buying a deal, getting a discount. That first method was what happened to most investors who bought in the wake of 2008. If you bought in 2010, 2011, 2012, or even 2013, you probably bought value. In many cases, you were buying for a fraction of construction cost. In a lot of cases, you bought that brand new construction condo in Florida for under $80,000. If you paid $90,000 or $100,000, you were paying too much. Oh, those days, it was easy to reminisce over the great deals you could be getting in those days. I remember the days at the foreclosure auction at 101 Jefferson Street in Phoenix, Arizona in a 110-degree noon sun, waiting for the auction to start. Single-family homes were selling for 25000 each. Value investing is just what it sounds like. The second form of value investing is by creating value. Value creation depends on a few factors, but it can be subjective. Are you adding value that the market actually wants to pay for? Merely upgrading kitchens and baths may or may not be adding value. Remember, value is always measured in the eyes of the buyer, not in the eye of the supplier or the seller. A year ago, multi-million dollar homes were selling in multiple offers above asking price, and today, not so much. And then number three, value investing means investing in recession-resistant asset classes. Value investing can mean boring. It means solving basic needs, like storage and apartments and land. Recession-resistant means avoiding more volatile assets like retail and office, which could suffer in an economic downturn. If you're going to invest in, say, retail, for example, you've got to make sure it's in the absolute best A++ location. A B-plus location is not going to be good enough, at least not to my mind. Value investing means paying attention to the laws of supply and demand. It means rarely overpaying for a property, and if you do overpay, it's because you see the potential to transform that property into something completely different that's not visible to the casual observer. Value investing means finding hidden value in a property that has not yet been realized, and there's numerous ways you can do that. 
you can often separate assets that are combined together and realize greater value. One example is when a property has a cellular tower on the property. The cell tower can indeed be separated from the rest of the property and sold as a cash flowing asset. My partners and I did this back in 2013 when we bought a minor league baseball stadium in New Jersey. That stadium had a cell tower on it with revenue from Sprint, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Altogether, the cell tower brought in 50000 a year in revenue from the carriers with virtually zero operating expenses. You can think of the value of the cell tower as having a 7% cap rate, which is what it was at the time. So you take $50,000 and divide by 0.07, and you get a number just over $700,000. By selling the cell tower separately from the stadium, we lowered our cost basis on the stadium by $700,000. That's a significant percentage of the value of the stadium in that particular instance. See, growth investing, on the other hand, relies on buying a property with the belief that the property will go up in value in the future. In value investing, we don't rely on the market to deliver that rising tide. We're not necessarily focused on maximizing IRR on an annual basis. It's about maximizing safety, ensuring the revenue stream will be solid. Value investing can even be a quick flip if you bought a property at a steep discount. But more likely, value investing has a longer time horizon. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.